All right. All right. Yeah. Uh, You guys want to start the show? Let's start the show. Tell me the answer. Sorry? There has to be meaning to existence. Otherwise, the universe is just made of pain, and I don't like the thought of that. So tell me the answer. In the great hall of the Justice League. If there were an answer I could give you to how the universe works, it would just be machinery fulfilling its cosmic design. It would just be a big, dumb food processor. But since nothing seems to make sense, when you find something or someone that does, it's euphoria. In all of this randomness, in this pandemonium. I guess all I can do is embrace the pandemonium. Find happiness in the unique insanity of being here. Now. We'll do this together. In the words of the man that I love. I can't find the sugar. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Saturday Morning Cereal, the show that celebrates the themes of Saturday Morning Cereal TV, which not only did we grow up with, but also grew up with us. There you go. That's copy read, everybody. Uh, it's me, Dan Grimshay. I'm your host. You know me. You probably haven't really got to know my buddy, Marquis, though. Marquis, sound off. I'm here. And, of course, you probably do know Jimmy, Jimmy the Gent. Where are you? Hey, howdy. Hey, listeners. How's everybody doing this week? We're great. All right. Uh, So we're talking about The Good Place. Ah. It's a TV show. Uh And if you didn't know that, you should probably turn this off. Uh, Because we are going to get into some spoilers. This uh, show, I think, actually, it, it was hugely popular. Uh, well, it still is. It still is. Uh, and it came from uh, the guys, uh, Michael Schur, Greg Daniels, the guys who did Parks and Rec and The Office. Uh, Brooklyn uh, Nine-Nine. Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Their tendrils spread everywhere. Mm-hmm. This uh, Hollywood Illuminati type. Uh, but uh, The Good Place, I know I it finally got on my radar when it was revealed the first season ended with a big twist. Mm-hmm. And that got everybody excited. Genius, genius marketing idea. Uh, so now I think we've given you enough warning of spoilers. We can start talking about it. All agreed here? Absolutely. Mm, yep. Fair the warned be ye, says I. Mm-hmm. So take some time, <laughs> that unpack that at home. And then if you're still ready to keep going. Uh, yes, NBC sitcom, The Good Place refers to, though it's never explicitly stated, it being heaven. Mm-hmm. The big twist at the end of season one Turns out they're actually in the bad place, the bad a.k.a. Place. hell. Not heaven. Yeah. Not a religious show. They just use the idea of uh, you know the afterlife being uh, binary, good or bad. Uh, and the, the way they kick this whole thing off, I know this sounds dry, but stay with me. There's, uh, it's, it's a riff off of uh, a Jean-Paul Sartre play. Jean-Paul Sartre was a 20th century French philosopher. I have no I'd idea. say top five <laughs> yeah, of twentieth century French philosophers. You know, Camus. And so he's he's is, obviously ranked. Is he like ranked? Yeah, yeah, he's big. He's okay. up there. Right. Is he on your list of uh, like a fear on an island, a deserted island alone? You can only read one philosopher for the rest of your life. Is is it that's never never? Here's my warning: if you ever end up in one of these weird deals where you can only bring one book to an island, don't make it an existentialist philosophy. <laughs> You will shoot yourself. It takes at least four seasons yes. to get through that thing. No, I wouldn't. But yeah. anyway, the the he wrote a play called No Exit, uh, which the twist at the end of that play is that four people are kind of trapped in like an elevator or a room for some reason. Uh, I forget the specifics, but by the end of the play, it turns out they're there because they're in hell. The room is perfectly comfortable. It's very nice. The temperature is not boiling hot. There's no torturing demons but they are trapped four people together who do not get along and it just makes each one of them hate their own existence <laughs> it sounds like a nightmare I, to me. <laughs> which is it turns out the idea that uh ted danson's uh demon uh, michael. character michael yeah. had he's like hey let's just get them together tell them it's not hell 
it'll drive them crazy. It's so it, like in this corporate world of how to make hell more, I don't know, more efficient woke? and fun, more more, uh, more profitable or something. He goes to the higher ups with this crazy idea. Yeah. Uh, and at the end of uh, the first season, when it's revealed to the audience that it's actually it is hell and not heaven, and the fact that it's hell is because they brought this ensemble cast of uh, miscreants together to force them to spend eternity to drive each one of them crazy. Uh, but it, it's, it's a very specific torture. Yes. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And it is, and it, it taps into something as Jean Paul Sartre proves something pretty basic in the, the human idea. I always dig that twist where everything is going great. And then all of a sudden you like, it's a, it's a zoom out and you're like, wait a minute, this isn't heaven. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's the yeah. statue of Liberty. This is earth. <laughs> Damn you. Do you, anybody remember that night gallery episode where the DJ woke up after death and he was, he was uh, like the number one kind of Wolfman Jack type of DJ and he was forced to play classical music for the rest of eternity. No. That was my first experience exposure to that kind of twist where he was like, wait a minute, I'm the best. Wait, this isn't heaven. <laughs> I don't remember yeah. that. Yeah. Or the, or the famous Twilight Zone where the guy just wants to be alone and read books. Right, and right, he right. finally gets a whole library and no one around and he breaks his glasses. Mm. <laughs> That's my well, nightmare well. is the freaking nuclear bomb could go off and I only have one pair of contacts. <laughs> I have no saline and my glasses are nowhere to be found. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, if you're, and friends and family burn to a crisp. If, if you're the well, yeah, only person per- alive, though, you're not really waiting in line for anything. There's got to be more contacts and more glasses somewhere. Well, I mean, I'm assuming just... that everything's just rubble. So, you know, most things, and yeah. and even in a pre-apocalyptic world, you know how hard it is to find a fucking contact. <laughs> you got everybody looking. Yeah, you got that's him, a, Mad Maxing out there point. trying that's to find. A, some... That's a fair point. Yeah, I can't. That's a that's a salient point. <laughs> Ooh, what? What terrible punnery. God, speaking of punnery, the good place is loaded with it. <laughs> that is. Yeah. That one yeah. show Bring we're talking back. about. Yeah. And as a matter of fact, before we get any deeper, yes, we actually have guests from it. You might even be wondering why we're talking about it. It's not exactly super on brand in pop culture, but you're wrong. It's yeah. so big. It was at Comic-Con, and you bet your Ooh, sweet ass I'll we take were. Back we were to there. A crisp July Saturday evening. Mark E. Mark. Yep, interviewing. Yep, and I he, was there, and 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 he talked to uh, the likes of uh, 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 Ted Danson. Yeah. Ooh, happy to do it. Yep, Man. little guy from That's an old NBC guy. show. Glad he finally found another place. Uh, <laughs> Darcy Carden, who the name might not be familiar right off, but if you watch uh, the Good Place, it's Janet. And that's its its own phenomenon. We'll get to later. Uh, Kristen Bell, of course, the star. Oh yes, arguably. just incredible. amazing. Kristen Bell, mm-hmm. whole country loves her. I've been yep. thinking about her a lot. Uh, voice of Frozen. I mean, come on. I mean, she's it's like the biggest Disney movie ever. Is she's the voice if of you Frozen, so. or well, she's one of the characters in Frozen. Yeah, yeah. La- Lady yeah. Frozen. I believe. Yeah, right? I believe so. Yes. <laughs> I'm the only one that hasn't seen that movie. Yet. <laughs> but uh, I'm sure she's created. <laughs> she's also uh, no, Veronica, I, Mars. I, I, Veronica Mars. Yeah, Veronica Mars. Veronica Mars. Uh, yeah. That's a little more even on brand for uh, for us yes. too. That's one of those super cult. Got to be Generation X to really love it, kind of things. Uh, new season on Hulu, but go mm-hmm. ahead. Right. And uh, also her paramour on the show, played by uh, William Sarah Jackson Marshall. Harper. He's uh, we, we talked to him, uh, and we got uh, 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 Manny Jacinto, Mark Evan Jackson, who I personally love. I'll tell you more about him later. Uh, and a, a big, big TV player these days, Michael Schur, who mm. uh, The Office. Parks that's it. We're done. You <laughs> yeah, don't need yeah. any more than that. He He's come in and he could change your dinner and NBC would sign off on it. Yeah. Uh, and Drew Goddard, an executive producer Ooh, who that's... I love. Drew Goddard is a big deal. I wasn't I didn't even realize he was involved in this show. But anyway, we talked. Oh, oh, no, we also had you're going to hear it. We had a bonus one, too. Uh, I got I don't I don't know if you guys I don't even think I told you guys, but. Off of the schedule, we got Jamil Jamal. Did I, did I oh, say Jamil Jamal. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, Tahani. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Incorporated. Yeah. <laughs> we got her, too. So uh, we're going to be bringing you all this audio. It's all really exclusive stuff. So that's, Unless that's you're on YouTube. All, that, well, that, that actually does the hat trick there because that's all of the main cast, yeah. the four and, main cast. And the creators and writers. Plus yeah. the two non-human main cast. And you got the two biggest guys in the back of that. 
Clean sweep there, Marquis. I'm impressed. Uh, I did a nice pretty get. good job. Good get, yep. buddy. Good get. Yep. And, Your bonus uh, is in the mail. <laughs> it was a real, real pleasure. And, uh, you know, just to paint the scene, if this is the first time that you've heard one of our particular roundtable uh, types of uh, shows, uh, there's usually... A lot more of us at the table, uh, us being media influencers, other podcasters, other writers, other bloggers. Um, and uh, I was there with a really good group. We all we had a very limited amount of time with everybody, so we all kind of worked out what questions to ask and things. Sometimes there's a little dead space, which I hate, so I'll jump in. You guys will hear me quite a bit. Uh, I'm pretty much the whole roundtable. But uh, you're going to hear yeah, my he, voice. He's the Kristen Bell of the round table. I, I'm very He's much the Christian in, in their good place uh, hell that they live at at this table. <laughs> I'm the guy that's asking yeah. the dumbest questions. So how many people have, you know, having done a few of these round tables, it could be jammed with as many as a dozen or, or more other journalists. How many people would you say were at the table with you? I think there was maybe five outlets, nice. In, nice. including ours. Um, and one of them was just filming, not participating at all. So maybe it was three or four, counting her, four or five, you know. Um, but it was really great. We were a really good team. I ended up running into this. We planned it because there was another, we're going to bring you audio from Brooklyn Nine-Nine uh, early next year when that show launches Spoilers. its uh, next season. Uh, but we all decided, we all worked so well together, right. and you guys are going to hear this audio, that we all ended up planning to meet again for the Brooklyn Nine-Nine presser. Um, so you guys will get that later. But you're going to get to... It was the best Comic-Con summer camp ever, Mom. <laughs> so Mark awesome, makes bro. friends at we Comic-Con. We made so many friends with so many outlets. <laughs> it was great. All right. Yeah. So. <laughs> Can I spend the night at Bleeding Cools? <laughs> oh, I got a letter. <laughs> I got a letter from Batman News, Mom. Can I, open it? <laughs> I love it. That's funny. Oh, uh, man. Well, hey, I think we should start. Like, let's get into this audio. We have a lot. And yeah. um, who's up first? I think we should start with the non-human characters. I mean, this is a big. Uh, there's a lot of philosophy here. I don't even. I, I'm the worst to even talk about it. But well, and I think uh, look, we can get more into that dry philosophy stuff coming up. But it is. It's it's like common knowledge now that uh, the fourth season, which is about to come up, which is why you were talking to him, is going to be the last one. Yes. Rare you get to do that when you're the number one show on right. TV, and that seems to kind of dominate the conversation there. So here's a lot of various takes on the show, and almost everyone says, "Why are you leaving after?" Yeah after this and there's some good answers you you definitely get more from michael sure mostly because he can do whatever the hell he wants apparently he's sure uh he sure is he sure is sure uh is. cancellation is not the reason yeah you know that's like the big deal here yeah yeah no i think uh what i what i really dig about it is uh they're kind of choosing the end of the story and uh a lot of times mm-hmm. with american television the story goes on and on and on a little yeah. past you know it's ripeness yeah. you know it jumps the if shark you had told me about in the middle of the uh pilot episode of the walking dead that that show would still be on the air 10 years later, yeah, no I would have just turned it off yeah. and walked away. Yeah, that's, There's no room for it. Agreed, but like but... a lighthearted half-hour sitcom, give me 10, 12 seasons. Yeah. Let and, me and, have it. And to have, a, but and, still saying, uh, to no. have an end in sight and a finite end to tell a story, I think, is also pretty rare with, yeah. uh, you know. A lot of times it, yeah. it's uh, your Sopranos. Do a lot that. of times they just say, "Hey, you, you've got two more episodes. The rat, you're canceled. You got two more episodes. Let's uh, tie everything up in a nice bow, right?" But they've got their vision. Yeah. They've got, or their... you're making too much money. Sorry, you can't end now. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I've I'm, never had I that. Totally problem. agree with this. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But and and you know, just to give you a sample of TV life and mm-hmm. longevity, uh, I think we should start this with the Ted with Ted Danson. Uh, obviously, cheers. Ted Danson and uh, Darcy Carden yeah. sat down so, together with you. You got a, right, you got a exactly. twofer on that. Yep, one. exactly. And it was a real, real pleasure. Um, but Did yeah, this guy. Him? I mean, th- this guy has had numerous television shows, right? And he's he will not stop. He's amazing in everything that he's ever been in. I think we should start the show with Ted Danson. <laughs> Magic interview machine. Show us that real quick. Meow, meow. Did you? Great. Okay. Everybody say one word of it. (laughs) Okay. Okay. So you guys started out as um, kind of non-human characters. Right. Tell us a little bit about that human journey and you know becoming human. What that 
that was like? That's a good question. I, I don't know the becoming human part, but becoming something that you're not is so much fun to play. Yeah. So much fun. And, and to be able to delight in the other actors is a great fun thing to play, you know? Oh, I want to be you. I want to learn how to be you. Right. I, it's the best, the yeah. best. It's, um, you know, it, I, like, does it sound cheesy if I say it's like an actor's dream to get to play yeah. something like that? Yeah, to evolve and grow. Fish out of water. Yes, yeah. Fun stuff. It, I, I, don't you always think, like, how can we thank them enough, the writers? Oh, no, yeah. Yeah, he's got more money than me, so he can probably figure it out. You know, in a way, we get carte blanche. Yes, that's true. Because of, there's nowhere you can't really go. I mean, there Anything is. Anything is kind of bad, possible, but right. In, but, but by and large, you get to, you know, be exuberant. You get to totally. be all these different things. And it's ones. very collaborative, you know, because we're sort of, it's not, we're not just playing humans. So, you know, Mike has an idea, the writers have an idea, we have ideas. It's fun to, to, um, to be collaborative, which is Mike's sort of one, one of one of the things he's the most amazing at is trusting the people that, that yeah. he's got. And, and, you know, oh, man, it's been fun, guys. We really like playing these roles on this particular show. Did you have another question? Come on. Did you just make the one? <laughs> we only Come. have time for one question. Okay, I'm okay. Sorry, just guys. one that quick one. That was great. Come on. Watch this off the cuff. What question? You yeah. don't have uh, another question. How do you word. keep such good hair? Uh, uh, a, a staff of 40. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> And extra points to Marky for bringing up Ted Danson's hair. <laughs> oh, yeah. As Ted Danson was getting up, uh, it was, oh, just ask one really quick off the top of your head. And I thought, Did you kill her, head. Senator? I thought, I thought, I was like, I just, he said, off the top of your head. So I pointed at oh, my head. Oh, my And goodness. I said, no. and I, because I have a receding hairline, it's thinning. And I said, what's your secret it's to your hair? Mm -hmm. And uh, he goes, it's, it's a team of 20 or something like that. Mm -hmm. But I was just trying to be his friend and say, I feel your pain. Because famously, he's very bald, right? I think he well, got that. The more, that came, the more that people came say famously, he's bald, yes. Yeah, yeah, but, he, but, he's got, but he's got great hair. <laughs> Sam Malone had gray hair. So, yeah, so, I, yes, I, Sam Malone did. What a great <laughs> example of the duality of man. Which brings us... <laughs> <laughs> he's handsome, man, but handsome. <laughs> handsome. He's like, he is what us uh, receding hairline, thinning hair, we all wish that we look like to dance in. He's got a gray head of hair for famously being bald. <laughs> well, well, since we're on the topic, I mean, quick question. How how did his hair look at this roundtable? Oh, did it I'm look like be, he'd, on the show? Or was I'm, it, I'm posting pictures. Was so uh, if you like guys are watching this, cap? if you guys are watching this uh, on the Blog Talk channel, you're going to be watching this kind of slideshow going. I'm going to have pictures of it. But Ted Danson is handsome. Sam Malone is handsome. Oh, I mean, and his hair is surely, impeccable. But, sure. So I, I was just trying to get some tips. But anyway, go ahead. Right. Let's just move on. Yeah, yeah. I guess I guess as good a time as any to go back to the philosophy angle, yeah, and the existentialism and the exploration duality. of ethics. Yeah, right. It was, it was duality getting a little, of man. It was getting a little too light in here. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes. yeah. Let's yeah. let's let's caunt this mother up. Uh -huh. If you don't know Sartre, <laughs> you probably don't know Immanuel Kant either. So don't worry about it. Uh, yeah, it's it's. I would say. It manages to take uh, where I left off about no exit, the Chartres play, mm -hmm. where the twist was it was hell all along. The fact that the good place kind of flipped that around and said the best thing about it is that they figured it out. So it kind of negates the fact if you know you're in hell, you're not in hell, Anymore. you're just with other people. And that's what kind of... Uh, starts the big fork that is picked up into the second season. And it just completely unravels on Michael. Yeah. And it, where it, he keeps yeah. trying to run the experiment over and over, and then the same result keeps coming about. Yeah. He realizes it's a flawed model. He even goes on and learns as as they're all exploring ethics. Mm -hmm. They have this uh I this this great little uh sequence where they're doing the flame famous uh trolley car uh, -huh. uh conundrum. Yep. Ooh, I forget I forget what philosopher or moralist brought it up, but he said if you if you're on a runaway trolley car and it's you can steer but you can't stop it. And if it goes one way, you're gonna kill like one guy, one police crossing guard. If it goes the other way, it's gonna run over like a bunch of school children crossing the road. What do you do? 
You know, and there's no right answer. It's a right. Kobayashi Maru. Uh-huh, uh-huh. You get that, don't you guys? You cheat. I the, do get you that, cheat yeah. the system. Uh-huh. I mean, you you reprogram the simulation. Yeah, which yeah. which avoids the whole is impossible. Yeah, but it also but it, it exploring that right. is what the show does, and it does it very lightheartedly. I'm, I'm merely suggesting I've never faced the no win scenario. <laughs> <laughs> Bring up Sartre. Jimmy goes silent. <laughs> Mention Star Trek the motion picture. He's got yeah, all kinds of pictures. It's reference, yeah, reference, good. reference. <laughs> Zing, bing, bang, boom. He's, he's back on. <laughs> so uh, see, it's it and and the show has great characters that you want to follow. You feel invested. In fact, I think uh, uh, that that's the reason people come to it. It started with such a great ensemble cast, so it can explore these ideas without you realizing that you're sitting in a philosophy 220 class, Mm -hmm. basically, the whole time. Uh, So I'm curious, especially you, Marky, I think you've watched every single episode. Right. You're voracious. Uh Do you... Has it spoken to you? Have you changed? Have you... Has it affected any of your decisions in life? Um, I don't know. I wouldn't go that far with it. I I do know that um, just like I could go to the Chicago Museum of Art and I'm looking at a Picasso or something and I just really like it and I don't really know why it's I'm attracted to this thing. I, I can't explain it to you. I can't I can't tell you the history of it. I can't even get into the philosophy of it. I don't know. You know good art when you see it, you know, and just like I know good TV when I see it. And I watch this thing and I just really like it. Um, I do like how it it could be on the surface of it. It could be very kind of superficial and lazy and, and you know. A lot it, of puns. A lot of, a puns, lot of puns, right? It can kind I of seem that puns. way. Right. It, can, right. it can kind Network of seem TV. that way. Network TV. And, but, you know, when if you, you know, when you hang through that first season mm-hmm. and it is a lot of puns and it's just kind of funny to see this world that's supposed to be heaven and you know the big tell happens to be froyo in my opinion uh but like as you kind of go through Spoiler. this world it is it is really it's kind of cool to watch and it's funny and how they do the how they treat the cursing with the fork and things like that I, it's all funny and it's great and it kind of keeps you in there but it doesn't really really kick off until the final episode of season one when it pulls the the rug out from under you Mm -hmm. and it really makes you question everything that you've seen and then yeah it probably does kind of make you question your own life a little bit it's really weird yeah you know i guess maybe like the first season is sort of they're teasing out the idea like what would paradise be what is heaven really like and then when they drop that reveal it turns out like well what is good and bad like Mm -hmm. what is doing good for others what is doing good for yourself what is all the big existential moral questions that have no answers which is why the show could go 20 seasons if it wanted to and does it all i mean does at the end of it does it is there a point where it tips you over the edge where you belong in a bad place and you belong in a good place you know is there something you can do that can undo the bad Mm. Is there is there something that you do that's bad that undo, that undoes all the good? Are you, you bad know? to the bone? Are you bad to the bone? Is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, I am. and I don't know. And that's what. Or this is anyone doing. is so if bad a real thing? Is if good you're a real in heaven thing? and you realize that it's heaven, does that negate the heaven? That excellent question. See, it yeah. seems you, like just... self awareness is so baked into heaven. I didn't think hell. it was getting deep enough. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. I, but if that's what the show does, right? I mean, it really. It I mean, I guess kinda... it would really like you know like in a yeah, way. If you're like, oh god, this is just going to be this, this forever just and ever. I mean, this is this is heaven. Yeah. There's, I, I no, know there's that, something to be I'll said pro- for I'll that. I'll probably though. never find out but, because yeah. you know the the angle that Michael and the show is going for is that hell is so sneaky. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. It's better for you not to realize you're there to they, make it work better. They yeah. do have a lot of time on their hands, though. You know, I, I would get bored with pitchforks and, and fire too. That's know? true. Yeah, yeah, after thousands yeah. of years, they've got a lot of time on their hands, which we don't. No. So, as a matter of fact, <laughs> oh. before we chase this Woo. down any further, let's lighten it back up yeah. because you got you, uh, Marky, you lucky bastard. You talked to all the rest of the cast, including like one all of the, the major, and cast. maybe one of the biggest stars in the world right now Kristen Bell I mean she's on top of the world right now forgetting she's, Sarah Marshall uh, forgetting Sarah Marshall obviously she that was that was a big hit Veronica Mars which is back on TV heard of it yep. uh, take that Christian Bale one. and uh, 
She's also married to that one dude. Also, uh, the Frozen. <laughs> also, yeah. Lady Frozen. L- Lady Madame Miss Frozen. Secret agent. Uh, no, but, uh, MI6. What's her? Oh, oh Dak Shepard. She's married to Dak Shepard. I forgot his name. Dak Shepard. Frozen <laughs> Dak Shepard. Lucky Boston. Yeah. Uh, yeah, she's just, she's amazing. And yep. uh, just to kind of paint you the picture here. She William sits Jackson, down with who? Yeah. Yep. Harper, uh, Manny Jacinto, Jamila Jamil. Uh, Mark Evan Jackson, who I love, just he's he's a bit character actor. If you saw him, you hear his voice, you know exactly who he is. Shows up in little bit roles, but he's a actually a really good improv artist. Works with uh, Paul F. Tompkins on mm-hmm. podcasts a lot. I'm a big oh, fan I like of that. Paul so, F. Tompkins. and just to kind of uh, future guest, just to set the table for Ooh, you guys, uh, you know, this is again, this is a roundtable thing. All the uh, journalists, quote journalists, are uh, are at the table, and the guests are sitting at the point, and they're just kind of rotating around. Um, you know, I think we're going to start off with uh, Kristen Bell. Yeah, and, uh, she um, she and uh, William Jackson Harper sat down together. They were another twofer. Yeah, and there's a couple of seconds there where uh, she was a little late coming to the table, and so we had all worked out our question. Yeah. Biggest star in the world, and, I guess, can do that. And so, uh, you know, Cheedy sits down with us, <laughs> and um, I just kind of I didn't want to miss out on the time we had so i just started talking to him so let's just start it off with me talking to chidi and then christian bell all right magic interview machine you heard the man meanwhile hi everyone we have william jackson harper christian's gonna join us in just a second hey how are you doing how's your day so far good yeah good you know, I think you've been here before. Yeah, yeah, we were. Yeah, it's a little different from last year. Like the this, like this part, we didn't. Maybe we did this. I don't know. <laughs> it's not that. I feel like we didn't. I feel like it was different. I feel like yeah, but you know, yeah, little changes. Well, I think since, since we have a little time with you, you know, uh, yeah. What's in store for Chidi? Give us a little tease. Anything? I mean, I absolutely cannot give you a tease, but. Uh, <laughs> But I, I can say that, you know, we're in an interesting place where, you know, I think over the last three years we've seen Chidi's moral rigidity sort of like, you know, sort of relax. And uh, and I feel like we're, that's sort of like, I feel like that's sort of the, 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 the road that we're on is to, you know, especially for Chidi, I think it's becoming very much a self-sufficient, like, free-thinking person who just sort of looks into the eyes of the people that he's with and makes a decision based on that rather than some book. And so, um, yeah, I think that's where we're, that's, for me, that's where I'm trying to navigate. Thank you. Hi. Uh, so, the show has kind of shown that maybe Eleanor is bisexual. Do you think this is something To that because when it was origi- originally written, um, it seemed very reasonable, and it is, that Eleanor is attracted to what she's attracted to, and she is very fluid, and sure, she is bisexual. I mean, for me, when I play Eleanor, yeah, she is. So that's from, from my perspective. I think the writers were faced with, oh, people are now asking because of the very adorable Tahani Eleanor memes and then they felt like oh now we need to confirm it or wait maybe we don't and I believe that I'm not speaking out of turn when I say their uh, conclusion was we don't need to confirm anything for you because my business is my business and yours is yours so so yeah when I play Eleanor I, I, she is bisexual for sure um, but the show, I don't know, will ever confirm it for that very specific reason, that it shouldn't matter. You know? That you don't have... Eleanor doesn't need to define herself to be in a box in your head every scene in this show. You know? And I think that's a statement in and of itself. As sad, sorry, uh, as sad as it is that the show's ending, does this feel like the right time for it to end? Or do you want it to have continued on? 
seasons on seasons. I think it's absolutely the right time. I, I mean, it's no one wants it to end. I mean, we could all do this for a very long time. It's but. really hard to say, yeah, it's the right ending for it. Also because we know what's going to happen and we know the sort of, like, statement they're making with it, and yeah. it's really worth it. Yeah. Jamila may have mentioned that you actually ate the chili and it actually had the real ingredients in it. Yeah. Are you okay? Are you I'm good. Um, yeah. No, I'm fine. Um, uh, no, it's like, uh, you know, honestly, it's like, it's tolerable. You don't need more than a spoonful. Um, and sadly, I'm not sure that the shot of me actually putting it in my mouth made it into the edit, uh, <laughs> which I'm like, oh, that's, oh, why'd I, why'd I do so that? Committed, that was, well, I mean, they need to have the option. So, yeah. Thank you, everybody. Who's going to ask you about Blake Bortles first? <laughs> <laughs> Social media, definitely a lot of questions coming up, like what does Jason Mendoza think about the whole trade? I think um, Blake Bortles, is, his whole motivation is to just get onto the show. That's why he's in L.A. right now playing for the Rams, I think. So, I don't know, we'll see. The funniest thing is how you say Blake Bortles on the show. You actually <laughs> said it differently here, right? Yeah. That's acting. But. Yeah, yeah, no, it's, it's his trademark now, you know, it's his kind of it's like his, his like his I don't know if you call it a mating call or a superhero call or whatever but it's yeah it's definitely his trademark which is special so the show is known for ending on its cliffhanger yes you like the last episode to end on a cliffhanger if we were if we had a possibility of going to another season yes but we were I haven't read the episode I think we just got it we're gonna get it tonight and Mike really wants it to be a complete, a full circle, and without all, like all questions answered, and I think we want to end it um, properly and not have anybody, you know, wonder what if and whatnot. So I think it's, you know, I think it'll be, I think the cliff will be hanged, if that's even a, a saying. But yeah, it is now. Yeah. <laughs> Sad as it is for the show to be ended, is mm -hmm. it quite a nice thing that they've got to be able to tell this whole story? I think feel, so. It, right? it does feel right because there's so much, there's so much, pro, there's so many programs out there, and you know they try and milk it as much as possible, um, and a lot of the times you're left hanging of like what if, you know, and um, but you know with Mike he he took the power and he's like no I'm gonna end it. It feels instinctually and emotionally right to end it at this point and it gives us all a sense of like okay this is final but we can all enjoy it and be together for the last time and um, it's really after that panel it really started to hit me and you know it was um, yeah definitely pulled the heartstrings a little bit so but yeah it is nice to be able to know that it's ended. This is unlike any other speed date I've ever been on. Hopefully it's the best one you've Well. It's a lot more efficient. Yeah. So how do you feel about the last season and, you know, what, what do you really want to accomplish this last season? I just want to give the fans the ending that they deserve, which I think we've done. We always manage to surprise people and go deeper into thought and idea and I think we've definitely done this. It's a really dignified, beautiful ending to this season and uh, and it's really, really sad to walk away from something that you love so much, that people love so much, something that has changed you internally and also changed the way that we think about empathy. I think genuinely we're teaching people of all ages that with all this divisive shit rhetoric that we have from our politicians all around the world, this show teaches you that wherever you come from, whoever you are, whatever your differences may be you are supposed to work together with other people in order to get to a better place so it feels fucking shit <laughs> forking shirt it feels to uh, walk away from this but I think it was it was done at the right time in the right way it also allows for you to make those mistakes mm -hmm. it's saying that we all get a second chance yeah yeah that that's very important I think that that's kind of missing it's kind of like oh you just screwed up and they try to just pound you down yeah it's it's it teaches progress, not perfection. Right. And it teaches you that you're never, ever going to stop learning. You are always going to have more and more and more things to learn. Even if you're an omniscient being like Michael, there is more for you to know in this world. 
yeah. what can you tease about right, party in season four? Hello. Uh, I uh, still doesn't get any action, man. Like, <laughs> damn it. Am I doing so? Am I giving something off? Am I not giving something off? But, I mean, everyone's had a fair bit of sex in the show. But not this guy. I did get into bed with Manny Chisito, which was arguably one of the greatest things that ever happened to me. But, um, but uh, other than that, it's... Uh, it's really like a getaway it's a runaway train this this season like if you think we packed a lot into every episode before you won't know what's hit you you're going to have to really pay attention because so much happens and uh, the guest stars are unfucking believable I every season another one of my all time heroes comes on our show and we end this show with the the ultimate mic drop of a guest star so you are welcome. <laughs> I felt so lucky. Yeah, I can't believe this job. Would you like? I'm sorry. Last question. Okay. Uh, so, when Chidi had his existential crisis and he mm-hmm. made that chili, if if and when you had your existential crisis, what would go in your chili in despair? What would go in my? What is in things that I? Like the yeah, like what would go in that? Like what would make it up? Like you put in like peeps and marshmallows and all sorts of crazy shit. Like what? What would be mine? Just all different types of meat. <laughs> That's it. Just all different types of meat. Just like a mashup of meat and fries. Just meat and potatoes. I'm a meat and potatoes girl. That's what would go in on mine. Yeah, it would be. It would actually be great. And you should eat my peep chili. It'd be much better than his. He ate a fair bit of that, by the way. And they had the real ingredients in the thing. And he was sick for day. No, it was fucking disgusting. <laughs> Thanks, everyone. Oh, so nice to see you. Sorry about my language. I am English. So. Evan Jackson. Hi, everybody. Hi. I play Sean. <laughs> I'm a good place. <laughs> Would you like to play a good guy by the end of this show? Um, I feel like you're referring to the entirety of my career as being bad guys. <laughs> and I accept your premise. Um, uh, no, are you kidding? Sean's Sean. Sean's a demon. And, uh, and there's to lean in... Like, sometimes it's it's crazy to get to work and realize, like, I'm going to spend the next eight hours being very mean to Ted Danson. Um, that is a ball. That uh, That's an embarrassment of riches. Um, is that easy to do, to be mean to Ted Danson? Yes. Uh, yeah. Uh, kindness. I mean, that's my resting position as a human, but I don't know. Sean gets to say things like butthole spiders and penis bees. That's um, that's pretty fun. If you haven't done it, try it. It's the best. Does that mean we get to see past versions of Michaelness? Does that mean we get to see past Sean's and more of their uh, history of working together? Who told you what? Um, uh, we do see... Uh, oh, it's so difficult. All of our hearts are pounding, trying not to give anything away. It's, um, you will, we revisit some earlier encounters uh, in season four. And, um, and that's end of statement. <laughs> Does this feel like, as sad as it is for ends, does it feel like the right place it feels? 100%. Yeah. Um, I meant to ask Mike on the panel, and we simply didn't have time. Uh, I want to know the, like, the actual events that once he decided it, whether he called the network, and if so, to whom uh, he said this. That'd be like, it'd be like Cadillac saying... At the end of next year, we're done with the Escalade. And General Motors going like, what? Like, I'm sure that NBC was like, this, n- no. Like, no, you can't. But because Mike Schur is Mike Schur, he's able to you know, make a call like that. I don't know that that's ever been done before. Like, this is a very strong move, and it's a, it's a deliberate and right move. I understand everything that the cast is talking about. I'm, I, you know, I am first and foremost a fan of The Good Place. Uh, long before in addition to being a cast member and to take it out deliberately precisely uh, lovingly um, it's you're gonna love it you are gonna love it were you 
What last question? Sorry. Thank Were you surprised that this was going to be last season? You heard? I probably found out last. The cast knew before I knew, which is not unusual. I found out because Mike sent an email about a month before we began shooting saying like, hey everybody, you know, when you get a moment, find me and I'll walk you through this final season. And I was like, sorry? Uh, sorry? Uh, the, the what season? Um, the cast obviously knew long before I did. Um, I, uh, it's heartbreaking, but it's absolutely right. <laughs> Kristen Bell discovered that I was ticklish about three seasons ago. <laughs> And my, yeah, life, and my life, my life is a nightmare. <laughs> I mean, that is my, that is my ticklishness is my penis bees. That's the end of end of statement. Take it from Carinkles, that's me. The best breakfast under the big top is post sugar rice Carinkles. So crinkly, so delicious, so different. Each grain of rice in sugar rice Carinkles is crinkled with honey and sugar. It's so good, I crinkle every time I eat it. Yet, no matter what other rice cereal you've ever tried, you'll love post sugar rice Carinkles best of all. Honey and sugar make it different and wonderful. A circus of fun to eat. So you crinkle on down to the store for post-sugar rice crinkles, the greatest cereal treat on earth. Yeah, post-sugar rice crinkles. I remember eating those. It's crinkles, this very creepy clown. So this is, you guys just heard the cereal commercial of My Hell. Oh, oh yeah. that's it's very mean. creepy. Uh, you gotta look at this. I, I know I, I kind of hurt my back stretching for that. <laughs> no, no, no. Okay Plus the clowns in her house. I get it. No, uh, I get oh, it. that's yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, clowns I, in her house. I mean, I meant that. I know you meant yeah, it. I mean, I'm just, that, I'm yeah. just here to help you limp across the finish line. So yes, well, uh, we'll, we'll see if that survives the final edit. But anyway, <laughs> welcome back. Uh, that of course clowns, was clowns. I get it. Almost the entire cast you just heard there. From uh, NBC's The Good Place, just about the number one TV show in the nation. Mm-hmm. Go, getting, the into their, uh, getting into their last season on the 26th, I believe. Yep, going so. out on top, uh-huh. I believe. Uh, so uh, keep your eye out for that on your local television channels. Uh, in fact, I think the only person from the regular cast we didn't talk to was uh, one Miss Taya Sarkar. Yep, too oh, bad. We talked to her too a few years ago before she was big. <laughs> too bad you couldn't get her. I think it's Tia. <laughs> Is it? Well, well, give her a call. We'll yeah, ask. ask. Uh, yeah. Guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that's uh, that's again. Hey, what a get! Good work, Mark. You you didn't blow it. You didn't lose your cool. Maybe we'll send you back next year. I hope so, but they're not going to be there because they're going to be done. But that's okay, you know. Yeah, I, it's a but. Hey, Kristen Bell could be doing anything she wants, so you'll see. Uh, and she does, and she's rightfully up at the top of a pedestal on the show. She, I think, I don't know what nominations or awards she's won, but I bet you there's something. Yeah, she's and, so uh, funny. Her timing is fantastic, and yeah. and uh, just quick, and and obviously she's. She's easy to just fall for. Yeah. I mean, she's the just idea so is she's supposed and... to be like someone who has no right to be in heaven. Yeah, as part of the idea, but she has to be likable and relatable enough to watch TV show about mm-hmm. her, and she pulls that off. She basically plays. Uh, it's called the everyman role, so that we have uh, a window average in Jane? to uh, average Jane. I uh, that feels a little derogatory. Yeah. Let's just average, oh, I'm sorry. Average yeah. Joe with boobs. <laughs> <laughs> average boob Joe. <laughs> no, I mean, you know, the, the everyman so that you can say, well, I've never done anything you know, worse or better than this person. So in a show, I, it, she does a good job. Yeah. I don't know how they explain the role to her, you know, what their vision was or if she made it her own. But she is eminently watchable. Despite not having a whole lot of redeeming qualities, at least at first. Yeah, and it's. I think she's also just that kind of person where she's that type of character where mm. it's like if she's in hell, well then I'm going to have to go there too because I act like this yeah, sometimes, exactly. right? Like uh, it's yeah. Just, uh, and then you know that idea is what drives the Ted dancing character to go through a lot of changes. You know, so Michael, the architect, he kind of has to. He does the most changing, right? Well, actually, no. This is a whole show about change and and, and well, that possibility. Yeah. But um, but you have this kind of demon from hell who kind of gets a piece of humanity and kind of figures out that 
the imperfection and the unknown. And you heard some of our guests kind of talk about that. Yeah. Um, you know, that that's kind of the beauty of it. It's, yeah. it's the, how did Tahani say it in the interview? It was like, uh, it was the search for, uh, it, Spock, I believe. No, it was if search I recall, for imp- it was, right. uh, He was on the uh, Genesis. The search for improvement. Not <laughs> she says it's the search for improvement, not perfection. I think is what she says. Mm, Magic interview machine, take us back over there. Magic uh, interview machine, belay that order. <laughs> <laughs> we learned something today. We're keeping it going, but yes, yeah. and that's a very good. It's about growth, not. Uh, I don't know, hitting the peak and then dying. I don't. Yeah. All right, but the the journey, not the destination, yeah. because that's really all you expect in life is uh, you're going on a journey. Can mm-hmm. I can I ask maybe what might be a pretty obvious question to everybody that's watched this show? But so his name's Michael, and he's the architect. There's no obvious uh, di- uh, line drawn to Michael. Well, the Archangel, sure, you but, could assume that, and, or and, Michael Shore, the actual creator. Well, I'm not an sure. architect of the still show. Not sure. I'm still not sure. Yeah. Well, uh, I'm. It's. But yeah, I get you. The Michael, Michael the arc, the arc for architect angel. Yes. I, I see that too. And oh, Michael Schur is the architect of the show. I mean, they, they can. This around. is all about the duality here. Vis a vis the one. Um, yeah. but, and and as a matter of fact, yeah, oh, Jamila teased a huge uh, cameo at the end. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Could it be John Travolta reprising his role as, as Michael, Michael the Archangel? You nailed it. That's we got it. Going Maybe could be. Mm-hmm. What if that's true? That'd be crazy. They're, well, they had to end it now because Travolta is probably going to be dead by next year. <laughs> so if you want to go out on a Michael <laughs> bad '90s uh, movie to, joke about today, nine eighteen nineteen, just in case uh, you know we yeah. want to call it. <laughs> and I, I, I should that. also point out that John Travolta is another famous bald man with great hair. So Ooh, let's, just, let's let's talk about that first. No, let's not talk about that. Okay. Well. But, uh, <laughs> Uh, yeah, uh, be, before this whole episode goes off the rails, <laughs> uh, I'm not, um, l- let's get back into this kind of idea about, uh, you know, what the heart of this show is. Um, you know, it's, it's not just about the funny gags and the pawns and all of that yeah. stuff. Yeah. It's that's actually... all dressing on top of a framework of like a real moral question, which there are no right answers for. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of best that it just kind of rumbles on that way. But that's why I was wondering if, you know, if, I don't know if it was ever their intention to make people think and behave differently and see the world differently, but it sounded like you said it. it's not affecting you at all. I As don't a regular know. watcher, it doesn't sound like you're like, and now I listen to my wife a little closer or... It's hard to tell how now I stop and I help people I think might be having a hard time doing. I it doesn't. It sounds like all this exploration still, no matter how much you see behind the dressing, you still mostly remember the fact that it's a TV show. It's got funny puns, really good performances. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I don't exactly the uh, best parts of what The Office and Parks of Rec had. They didn't touch on. This is what you you should be thinking about how to be a better person or not. I do think that um, I think that a kernel of all of that stuff does does penetrate. I really do. And do I you think, say that because I'm calling you out? Uh, maybe on a public podcast now, and that makes that's a bad point for you. Probably, you know, you shouldn't oh. be doing that to people. But wouldn't you, you have two bad points? <laughs> I'm doing know. it, and I, then just now realizing it. I mean, I beg uh, your pardon. Pointing it out, really... I think it's pretty bad point. Yeah, that's probably I do. Yes. Yeah, exactly. yeah. I'm still. I'm so negative you're one. Worse. You're negative two. Yeah. I'm the winner. Uh, so <laughs> I do think that uh, I think that it's it's really hard. You know, this is how this we is all. <laughs> this is how we all. You know, shape uh, the people that we're going to be is by we take these influences that are in pop that are in, that are in pop culture, what we read, what we watch, what people say to us, our experiences. It all funnels down into this thing, and it takes a kind of a lifetime to kind of figure it out. Um, you know, so, so when you put your head down on the pillow and the lights go out and the TV's off and the music's off and you're just alone with your thoughts, what do you think about this show? Oh, I love the show, but also I where I thought you were going with this is do I think I'm a good person? Yeah. <laughs> well, and, I mean, uh, yeah. let me finish. Um, yeah, and, uh, we, we've got about 4 minutes left. Let's <laughs> let get into finish. that. Marky, <laughs> I was just wondering if you if it's got you even subconsciously trying to be a better person 
which I, everyone should be doing all the time. We shouldn't need a sitcom. If it's subconsciously, then I don't know for sure, but us. I think so. I really, mm-hmm. I think so because when you kind of lay it all out and you kind of see what these people are going through, I think some of that stuff gets through. All right. And, well, and then I'll, here's there's actually a very simple test for this. I learned this uh, in in psychology in college. Uh, there is to, a cat. To in the, tell there is a if cat you are box. trying to be a better person or not. Marky, uh-huh. can I have twenty bucks? Yes. All right. You're a better person. <laughs> Do I have to give them to you now? Yes. Okay. Uh, As a matter of fact, you're only a better person on credit until you give it to me, (laughs) and then you're a better person. Okay. Well, see me later, and do you take checks? I... That makes me a bad person. Yes. <laughs> now, now you're barely a person. Like you're not you, even listening. Well, you download the cash issue. You did not pay attention in class. <laughs> oh, gosh. What did Cheedy try to teach you? Uh, well, Cheedy, famously, he's about ethics. And he's obviously a guy that cannot make up his mind about anything. So maybe I'll give you this money later. Which maybe. is very difficult. The pure intellectual approach. I don't want to get down that rabbit hole or anything. Mm-hmm. Because now that we've talked to all the cast... Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's time to talk to the to to some of the guys behind the scenes, uh, and you talk to none other than Michael Schur uh-huh. and I'm, I'm not Drew sure. Goddard. I know. Uh, I can't wait to I can't wait to hear this stuff. Doesn't matter, Mike. Let's play those. We're winding down this, but they have. Uh, if you want to know why they're ending the show early, and you don't believe everything all the other well paid stars said, Michael Schur will tell you. Did and you... then Drew Goddard gives the funniest interview of all. So we'll we'll listen to that too. Okay. Did, Did you... you get to ask Drew Goddard anything funny, Mark? <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry about stepping on your testicles there, yeah. Jimmy. <laughs> I'm glad you fit that in. <laughs> just, Let he, me just get your... <laughs> he writes his notes so big, it's hard not. You, Everybody at this table can see my notes. How do you not... <laughs> Anyway, anyway, let's 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 talk to them. We'll come back. We'll wrap this up. But uh, in the meantime, if you have any questions, bring them over to Michael Schur, Magic Interview Machine. Take us to that. Meanwhile, hello, Michael Schur. Hi. How are you? Good. <laughs> uh, what's it like, kind of coming into the season and knowing this is the end? How does that compare to the other seasons? It's a super bummer. <clears throat> um, I'm sorry to bring it up. Yeah, no, it's it's coming up a lot, as you might imagine. It's not fun, except creatively it feels fun. Um, endings are, are emotionally traumatic and creatively fruitful um, because you don't have to pace yourself anymore. You know exactly how many, ideally, how many things you want to do and you know how many minutes you have to do them. So that aspect of it was really great this year. Um, but it's a super bummer. It's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's been an amazing experience. And I think that we all, like Darcy was saying on the panel, we all have the same feeling, which is like, I understand intellectually that this is the right decision, and emotionally it feels terrible. <laughs> so what was the moment when you said this is the end, and you had that ending in your mind? Well, those are sort of two different questions. The, the, I thought that four seasons was the right number of seasons after season one. We waited to tell Universal and NBC until we were 100% sure, which was after we finished shooting season three, when we had had exhaustive conversations about it internally. So that was the moment we knew it was really the end. It was like, okay, yeah, this is it. it the actual ending was a, was took the took rough form as early as like the beginning of season two, and was slowly shaded and changed and added to over the whole time until well, we're doing the read through on Monday. So I'm sure it'll even change a tiny bit more after that. But but the, I, I felt like at the pace we moved in season one. I sort of felt like f- roughly 50 episodes was going to be the number, and then it, it'll end up being 54. So we were pretty close. Did anyone try and convince you to do more seasons? Yeah, I, I did. <laughs> I tried to convince me. Um, no one no one made us like a serious, like, let's sit down and talk about this. Like, there was a lot of are you sure? And the nice thing was, like, yes, I was sure. Like, uh, you know... One of the best things about this new world, TV is so different from when I started writing for, you know, narrative TV in 2004. 
it's completely different now. You don't, the goal is not to extend the marathon as long as it can be extended. The goal is to make the best thing, regardless of how long that thing lasts. And and so there, there was a, there was a, a lot of are you sure? But when you're sure, then everyone is like, okay, great. Like it, it was, it was not a, it was a difficult con. It's been a difficult conversation only because of how much we like making it, not because of we're second guessing our decision. Sorry guys, we have to wrap my. Sorry. Wait, last one. He got it under the wire. Even though the show is coming to an end, do you see it moving on to other media such as comics and the other type of formats? Oh, I don't know. I don't know anything about the world of comics or graphic novels or anything. I wish there were like a large convention where everyone would gather in one place and I could learn something about it, but that isn't the situation. I don't know. Um, I don't know. I have n honestly haven't thought about it. Um, if anyone has an idea, they can pitch it to me at some point. <laughs> Thank you. Hi guys, how is everyone? Let's all just go around there and talk about ourselves. We don't. We have all the time in the world. Oh boy. We actually have something more important. Okay, go. Okay, go. All right. So our penis bees. Yeah. Penises that look like bees. Yeah. Or are there bees that are in penises? Well, I think it. Or bees. Yeah. The thing about penis bees is it, it is in the eye of the beholder. That a lot of people don't know that. So um, whatever you think that is, that's what's going to happen. And none none of the solutions are good. If you're seeing them, yeah. <laughs> Thank you for kind of solving that. Yeah, yeah. So when did you guys decide this was going to be the last season? I think Mike told me uh, in season two, I want to say. Uh, that, 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 that season four would be the end, and I didn't like it, and I didn't care for him telling me that. Um, but then I, then as he's explained what it is and the vision of it, I've, I now have come around full circle and realized, no, this is the perfect way to end the show. Does it, even though obviously this is the final show, and there's still going to be the game-changing twists we expect from like these kind of season finales? I, I, I think so. Um, so. But we, you know, the thing about Mike and the way he approaches this is, it's never twist first. You know. It is what do we have to say first, and then the twists spring organically from that. It's, we don't reach for, oh, this will be shocking. We reach for what is this? How does the story escalate, and what do we have to say? And um, but uh, but for those for people who love the twists and the turns, we will we have something for you for sure. Yeah, no, I mean, I think all of us felt similarly like we didn't want it to end. I, I would be surprised if anyone <laughs> secretly was like, thank God, this is over. No, I, you know, we all didn't want it, but we all understand why. Like, I think most of us have been on shows that have overstayed their welcome to varying degrees. It, it used to be just par for the course. You either had you either had to end way too early because you got canceled, or if the show worked, the, the network would just make you do it forever. They just would. We're in a new era, and a lot of that's to Mike's credit. They respect him so much that they let him do it on his terms. So Megan Aaron puts out yes. her like sheets of puns. Oh boy. How many, how many more of those sheets have we not seen? There's so many. Condensed into like a, a commemorative book. It would be a very thick book, yeah. quite honestly. Like I, it, we sometimes now do it just to see if we can stump her, <laughs> just to be like, what's a hard thing to make a pun about? Let's just. And she never, like, she never fails. It will be, I mean, here's 300, uh, here's 300 oyster bar uh, puns, and you're like, oh my god, Megan, she's a real savant about this stuff. It's, <laughs> it's a, it is a strange superpower, but it is real. <laughs> what are some puns to come? I, that feels like a spoiler. I can't tell you that one. No, yeah, yeah. No, the um, they're definitely there. We take that very seriously. It's a lot of work for our crew to get all those puns and change all those puns constantly in the backgrounds. But it is one of the funnest, most fun parts of the show. That must be a real challenge for the for the art directing. Oh, it is. And I remember on the pilot, sitting with the map of the of our back lot, seeing all the signs and realizing if we do this, this is going to be a giant logistical problem for every episode, and we all just laughed and agreed to it. I don't think we appreciated just how hard it would be, but it's very satisfying that people see them and appreciate them, for sure, because it's a lot of work. Do you have a favorite pun? Sorry, this is the last question. <laughs> um, there's too many. i got to think about that. Um, 
Luncheons and Dragons. I still, I, I think I don't tell anyone. I, we're not recording this, are we? Um, uh, I may steal that one when I when it's time to leave. I may just rip that sign down and put it in my office because it's so good. Yeah. <laughs> right. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you, guys. Oh, is that not us? Oh, she was us. There we go. Michael Schur, big-time player in Hollywood, uh, explaining, I think very succinctly, what they're doing, why they're doing it. And you can go to hell if you don't like it. I mean, you can go to the bad place if you don't like it. Thank you. Thank you for letting nice me know. Nice safe. Nice yes, safe. Yes, I, I forgot. Uh, and then also, Drew Goddard. You got him to talk about penis bees. I did. You know who Drew Goddard is? Uh, yeah. He Drew Goddard all the created Daredevil him. on mm-hmm. Netflix. What? Mm-hmm. Drew Goddard uh, has been working with Joss Whedon and J.J. Abrams for the last 10, 12 years. He wrote and directed uh, Cabin in the Woods, one of the best horror comedy movies, I think, ever. Uh, he just did, wrote and directed Bad Times at El Monte. Uh, El Camino. No, at the El Monte, I think, or at the El Camino. <laughs> at, <laughs> the at, El Monte. at the Del, Mo- at Del Monte Bananas. <laughs> I know this it's, now. It's, okay. No, the, the guy. The guy is. Uh, I mean, he wrote for Lost. He's. Uh, he's. He's. I know he's done some uh, rewrites on the new Star Wars trilogy movies. The guys. And you. All and, you asked him about was like, say? "What is a penis, baby?" <laughs> I'm so sorry. I had no idea. <laughs> Mr. Goddard, what's it like working with JJ? What's a penis, baby? Real quick question in front here, Mr. Goddard. I'll take your answer off the air. <laughs> I had no idea. It's a great impression, by the way. Yeah. That's good. Uh, the guys. The guys also from Los Alamos. He's from, this guy's from New Mexico. Yeah, Family. he graduated like a year ahead of us in the New Mexico public school system. Oh my God! How did I he not know? And and you are the better example of the New Mexico public school system <laughs> with penis bees. Oh my God, I'm so sorry. It was a, but it was funny. It was, and, and it's it also was. It's, it's still making me laugh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you guys yeah. are going to be thinking about penis bees the rest of the day. Uh, yeah, it was it was great talking to him. He's a really cool guy. Um, I had no idea that. I had no idea. Yeah. I love. I, I didn't realize he had something to do with this show, but it shouldn't surprise me. He's got a piece of everything. I love Daredevil too. I mean, I'm glad I, it's actually probably better that I didn't know that. Cause I had just been all over that. <laughs> yeah. 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 You might've wasted yeah, a lot of time, I'd have wasted a lot of time. <laughs> talking about an already canceled show on Netflix. I know. Hopefully you might've, yeah, you're right. You might've wasted your one question. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we would have never talked about penis peace. <laughs> the world, the world would still I mean, be wondering if he meant penis I mean, guys, I, mean, guys or... I only got one question. I had to, I had to find out about the beats, right? It was a lot of fun, all right? I'm <laughs> no, sorry. No, it on, was, and it was on. fun to listen to. Yeah, thanks. Uh, so anyway, that was Drew Goddard. Big, giant figure in Hollywood, everybody. And uh, Moe's uh, Mo's from The and Office. Mo's from The Office. Uh, Michael Schur, if you guys don't know, he does play Moe's. And um, again, if I had realized who that was, because when you look at him in, in life, he doesn't have the bull haircut. He's not wearing the brown with the suspenders. Doesn't at all look like Moe's, although it, he doesn't when you have a when chin I beard. when I think about it, it's Moe's. When I but when I was in front of him, I just didn't make that connection. It wasn't in my head. But man, Moe's has the single he's single handedly the funniest run in TV history. Like like physically running. When you see Moe's run, <laughs> I'm not talking so, about his storyline. No, I'm not talking about all the shows he's doing. I mean, when you watch Moe's running, to me, it's the funniest thing. And again, I'm glad I didn't re- I didn't realize that because I would have just been asking him about that. So uh, there you go. My uh, my ill preparedness and insecurities saves the show once again. <laughs> and on behalf of all the citizens of Saturday Morning Serialopolis. Thank you, Super Marky. Uh, but let me bring this whole thing full circle again by getting dry and philosophical. Uh, I just want to bring up uh, the myth of Sisyphus. This was written by another 20th century French philosopher, uh, for my money, even ahead of Jean-Paul Sartre, uh, by the name of Albert Camus. Uh, and this, this, uh, the, the myth of Sisyphus goes back to the Greek times. Uh, where it was one of the underworld's Hades punishments against uh, someone who had wronged them uh, by the name of Sisyphus. His punishment is to roll a boulder all the way up a hill 
And then as soon as it gets there, he has to watch the boulder roll all the way back to the bottom. And then he has to climb down and push the boulder up again. And this continues forever, for eternity. This is this is his hell. Uh, but Albert Camus postulated in this seminal philosophical work uh, that what was actually happening every time Sisyphus got the boulder to the top of the hill, this, this punishment of an absurd and pointless task mirrors our own life in, in this disconnected existential world that the, the one moment that Sisyphus could have was understanding that it was a pointless task. And as soon as that boulder gets to the top of the hill and starts rolling back down, he, he can grab that moment at that time and realize that he has actually done something, even if it is absurd. And in fact, if he embraces that absurdity, it makes the moment that much more important and impactful in the sense that since it's ridiculous, pointless, and only meant as punishment, it can't ever actually be important and impactful. So there we get into, anyway, go ahead and read the essay if you want. But eagle-eared listeners will notice that we worked in the speech at the very end of the third season of The Good Place into our opening theme where Kristen Bell faced with uh, the absolute blank indifference of the fabric of the universe despite her own place in it and feeling this insanity, this pointlessness, this cruelty almost from the universe, she comes to the realization, this is very important, that all she can do is actually embrace the absurdity and the pandemonium and that only in those singular moments that didn't exist before and won't exist after can she find that kind of happiness, that kind of that's what makes it worth it. Because if nothing makes sense, then it doesn't have to be a good ending. It doesn't have to be a good beginning. It just has to have moments where you want to live. And that's, well, I mean, anyway, that's that's philosophy. That's existentialism. And the fact that they gave it to you as a sitcom instead of a college class, I still think if you're still listening to this podcast, you deserve at least, depending on where you go to school, two or three college minutes, if not a full hour towards your almost useless uh, liberal arts philosophy degree. Anyway, uh, I think that's about enough of this, you guys. Yes, everybody, everybody. Now we know. And knowing is half the battle. Oh, this is enough of this. Thanks, Rick, from all of us here at Saturday Morning Serial.